We are going to close out the show right now. One final segment. And I've got one of my best dudes. He is an NFL Network reporter. He is also an NFL.com columnist. He is co-host of the Too Deep podcast and the Red, Gold, and Gold podcast, which focuses on the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, Jeffrey, I just butchered that one. Sorry about that, bro. Also, it's good enough. an adjunct professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. My man has done all of my shows for a number of years. Jeffrey Chidiha joins me on the set. Jeff, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Good. Thanks to be back. I always love coming here. It's always good to have you here. Also, I want to remind you, NFL Network is all over it with comprehensive coverage all week long, including Super Bowl Live weekdays beginning at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And Jeff is all over that, too. Why don't we jump right into the matchup? The fact that the Chiefs are back is not nearly as surprising as how they got back, right? How different do they look to you right now than they did during the regular season? And how were they able to level up the way they have? What's well, night and day, right? And I think what happened was around the time they played the Raiders had that tough loss, they realized they had to change some things. And I, I was saying all season long, they'll be a better team once they realize they're not the team they used to be. And so what they realize is we can't be spreading the ball around all these different receivers. We can't rely on all these different guys, all these different schemes. Let's go with the guys we know and we can trust. Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, Patrick Mahomes being great in this great defense. And that's what turned it around for them. All right, so let me ask you about Patrick. Like, for instance, Lamar Jackson is going to be your soon-to-be league MVP, but it's awfully hard to argue against Patrick being the best player in the league right now still. But does he need to be the best quarterback and the best player in the NFL in order for the Chiefs to win Sunday? No, and I think he understands that. He talked about this before the postseason began, about the importance of not worrying about highlights and stats. This was a team that a few years ago I thought they cared more about how they won games. And now they realize that, especially he realizes that, it's about being the best quarterback he can be. So moving the chains, not taking sacks, not throwing interceptions. He's only averaged about 240 yards passing a game in the postseason. Only four touchdown passes. But the the little stuff, the things that Tom Brady used to do back in the day, that's what he's doing really well. Let me ask you something. You know that team as well as anybody. In terms of leadership, who sets the tone for that team? Well, it's Patrick for one, but Travis Kelsey really has stepped it up in that regard. He's, you know, he had one touchdown catch in the last nine regular season games, had 88 receiving yards in the last three games, but you've seen him find the fountain of youth. But I'd also say Isaiah Pacheco has become their energizer bunny. And when he's running the football and the way he runs that just kind of like five-year-old, out-of-control style, the energy, the speed, the violence of it. And that's, that's to me, it's, I think he's a violent dude. Yeah, different tone. different. And they've never really had that in the Patrick Mahomes era. They had it earlier year when, when Andy was in Philadelphia and earlier in Kansas City. But having that kind of back, especially against physical teams, you saw it against Baltimore, makes a huge difference. Jeffrey Chidiha joining me on the set right now. You mentioned Kelsey. It seemed like, I don't want, I want to be very careful how I say this because I have so much respect for the guy. I think he literally is the best tight end I've ever seen, but he seemed a little faded. He seemed a little washed. He seemed like maybe he had lost something. The numbers bear this out, and then all of a sudden, bam, the postseason comes around. Was that like some kind of rope-a-dope? Did, how did he find that fountain of youth or that next level? Yeah, a little Muhammad Ali, George Foreman yeah, type. Yeah, he even had saying. a little belly fat around there. <laughs> like with 13, couldn't jump anymore, couldn't I mean, run like, as fast. Like, like the league is punching itself out, and he's yeah. just like taking it all. And then he came off the ropes. Yeah, but you know, he got that week off against the Chargers in the season finale. And he even said that he could have gone for the eight straight thousand-yard season, but he said, I have to rest my body. I got to get ready for this run. And, look, I think there's some disrespect, too. I think the teams that he played earlier, like the Dolphins, like the Bills, thought they could just take him man-to-man. And they had some, obviously, some issues with injuries. 
But I think this game, I think you're going to see the Niners really try to double him again, get back to taking him away and forcing Rasheed Rice to make plays and other guys in that offense because he is definitely back on his game. All right, so we know that the Chiefs have been here before. We know how they'll react on the big stage in the big moment. Well, Brock, Brock Purdy. Like, I'm a big Brock Purdy guy, but experience does matter. We saw in the AFC Championship game, Baltimore implodes. KC does what KC does. Purdy has shown some tremendous poise in recent weeks. Do you feel like he's ready for this moment, the ultimate moment? I believe he understands what he has to do in this moment. And, and if you gave true serum to Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, they'd probably tell you that they had to beat Patrick Mahomes, had to outplay him in those games. You saw some of the... Some of the arrogance in the game planning in those contests. I think Brock Purdy understands he has to play his game. He's got to be who he's been all year long. Got a great supporting cast, a great head coach. I liken it to Eli Manning against Tom Brady Mm. in those two Patriots-Giant Super Bowls where Eli was the same kind of personality. Things look ugly. Things go bad. He still plays, still poised. I think this guy's got the same kind of mentality and mindset, and that should help him. In, the, in this contest. All right, so what about this? There's overcoming the moment, and then there's overcoming what is now a great Kansas City defense. Despite that plethora of weapons they, the Niners have offensively, do you think they can solve Spags D? They have a pretty good chance. And I'll go back to the Green Bay Packers playing the Chiefs. Both teams play the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs and the Niners. And you look at how Green Bay went against that defense. They really moved Jordan Love around, attacked it different ways, ran the ball effectively. Uh, used the tight end well, and the Niners have a lot of the same resources. And Kyle Shanahan is really good friends with Matt LaFleur. And so I'm a big fan of the Chiefs defense, too. Love what Spags has done. Great talent. But mobile quarterbacks, I keep saying this, have given them problems throughout the course of the year. Russell Wilson, uh, uh, Josh Allen, I talked about Jordan Love. These guys have beaten the Chiefs. Uh, Jalen Hurts, a bad Philly defense, a bad Philly team. That was their second and last win of the season. So I think there's some options, some opportunities for Purdy to make some plays and for Shanahan to get some points against that defense. Jeffrey Chidiha joining us. I mentioned you know that organization as well as anybody. You know Big Red pretty well, too. More and more noise that if the Chiefs were to win this whole thing that Andy Reid might walk it off. Are you buying that at all? You know, I don't put... I buy it from the, from the standpoint of he's not the kind of guy who's trying to do what Belichick's doing, which is trying to chase... Uh, a huge accomplishment being the all-time winningest coach. He's not going to need six Super Bowl wins to feel satisfied as a head coach. And so he's got, if he wins this, he has three. Uh, you know, he's, he's top five all-time in, in wins. But really, he's the kind of guy, too, that I could see him doing what Bruce Arians did with the, with the Buccaneers, where I'll hand a great operation to an underling and let him run, run with it now. And so Andy's 65. You know, he's had some tough times with his family. You know, one son dead, one son in jail, unfortunately. But I think that's not, again, I don't see him coaching until he's 75. I think he's going to look for the right spot to get out. May not be this year, but I don't think it's going to be five years down the road where we're still talking about Andy Reid coaching. Yeah, the you Chiefs. see, because if he wants that record, it's going to take five years yeah. or more. So if he were to hand that off to that underling or that, that hand picked successor, who would it be? Matt Nagy makes right? the most sense right now. He's there, and he's been with Andy forever, and he's coached in the league. And, you know, it's people may say, well, he didn't have great success in Chicago. But he's an Andy Reid guy, and he is somebody who understands. He and Brett Beach are really good friends. We uh-huh. played football in college together. 
And so there's a lot of, a lot of synergy going on there already that it wouldn't surprise me if he's the next man up. Jeffrey, I think it's kind of naive. I mean, I understand how off-putting this whole Taylor Swift thing is, but it's kind of naive not to think that it's not a boon for the organization and for the NFL overall. But you've covered the Chiefs a long time. You know that fan base. You know that region. Generally, how do the Chiefs fans view Taylor becoming one of their own, especially this week? There's definitely more appreciation for it than there is um, animus, animus, acrimony. Yeah, it, you're it, a professor. That's a good word, yeah, right? Like Animus. You're throwing out the, the, the yeah. thesaurus right now, brother. <laughs> good Lord, I thought I was going to come here and give you some knowledge. Yeah, yeah, you give me right. knowledge. Yeah, man. But no, I think that there's more people who like it because it really in Kansas City, it's such a you know, it's a flyover state. It's a it's a town that's wanted this kind of respect, and so anything you get where it, it validates who you are, having the biggest pop star in the world want to be in your town, going to your restaurants, going to your bars, hanging out, doing that stuff, being at the games, it makes everybody feel. It validates you in a way, right? Yeah. Let me ask you something. You like when young journalists or wannabe content creators come to me and say, "Hey, man, what should I do?" I'm like, "I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the world has changed dramatically. You teach right now. Like when you yeah. come across young journalism students or content creators, what is your message? What is your advice? Be you. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people all the time. I look at your success. I look at the people I know who've really done well in this business of media. And right now, it's about being first or being different. Never more so than now. You're either the first person to do it or you're very unique in what you do. And so I tell people all the time, kids especially, just be you. Find a way to uh, embrace that, to, to build your brand and, 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 and ride with it because that's what's going to get you. Pat McAfee's another great example of that. Just, you, know, you couldn't have said like five years ago, ten years ago, that would work. But it's working because it's authentic. Uh-huh. He, is, he, he is who he is. One more thing, too. Be who you are. Be authentic. Be real. I mean, personally, I'm like the old head. Get off my lawn. But I mean, don't be contrived. Don't do yeah. things and say things just to say things. And by the way, it's okay to work. you got to grind, <laughs> man. you got to grind. you yeah. got to grind. Oh, without a doubt. And that's the thing that I see kids all the time that want to talk about, I want to be Stephen A. Smith or Jim Rome or Skip Bayless, Pat McAfee. And I tell them, those guys work for that. There are some tough times there. I mean, you worked in small stations. I worked in small papers. It's like no one's giving it to you. Even more so now, there's more competition, and you really got to go out there and make it work for yourself. So, yeah, that's the same thing. Go out there and get it. But earn it. And by the way, we've got a couple of minutes, but how important those – like I think about my formative years when I was in a small market trying to bust out. You remember what it was like working for a small newspaper, not knowing. Like you had a plan and you, you believed in yourself, but how important was it to get your start in that small market and do the grunt work and learn, you know, that boot camp mentality and i got to find my way and fight my way out? Well, it's important for that because you can make, it, make your mistakes, right, right? Right, That's big. But you also find out people care about you. And the people that you don't get here to this level just by yourself. People invest in you. They help develop you. I've had great bosses, great coaches, great managers, and I always feel like I was blessed in that way. And I always tell people, go out and find those people who could help you rise up as well. That's the truth, especially in a cutthroat world. There are people that will help you. You can find mentors. Jeffrey, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you as a peer. I appreciate you as a friend, and it's always good to see you, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, as always. Much respect. Love and respect. Jeffrey Chidiha, one of the best.